Welcome, everyone. Good Life Housing Partners, Episode 18. Rohan Gupta here with my partner, David Fong. And as we get through December and enter hopefully a much better year in 2021, we are just seeing cases sort of explode across this country and really, I would say, maybe even globally with the United States leading that charge, uh, you know, getting an average of you know, a couple hundred thousand cases per week, I think we're up to now, or maybe more. So it, it, we're seeing cases explode. I will say that just anecdotally, I've, I've seen a lot of cases. I'm, you know, hearing about someone I know personally, or at least, you know, maybe one degree of separation on basically a daily basis getting this virus. And for the most part, uh, at least the folks that I'm seeing, these seem, seem to be kind of mild cases where it's, you know, some maybe a fever, or maybe some body aches. Um, a loss of taste of smell, but for the most part, people are just kind of having to rest and quarantine and, you know, stay away from others so they don't infect other people, but they're not being hospitalized. Like, I haven't heard of anyone being hospitalized since probably June, and now I know well over, you know, kind of 100, 200 people have gotten the virus. So um, it's happening. It's definitely been, cases are definitely increasing across the United States and probably more or less the world, but um, we're not seeing, like, extremes, at least anecdotally and personally. David, what do you see? I, I see the same thing. It's, it's definitely a seesaw. Uh, on the one hand, you know, I, I was very excited this week. You know, this is the beginning of, you know, the, the vaccine. Uh, the start uh, next year really would be, we talked about the year of the vaccine. But Sunday, you know, the news was 2.9 million doses of Pfizer vaccine was being shipped in the United States to hospitals in all 50 states. So that was very exciting. And the, became even a little it's first time I think in history probably where we've had sort of like you know they had on it was a tv media event where the first person who got a shot and uh, yeah. I think it was in New York and they televised it and so that's that's you know that's very exciting it, it's something positive to, to think about there's still a long road ahead but then on the other hand the other side of the seesaw as, as you mentioned you know it seems like more and more people are, are uh, getting sicker and, and, and yeah, even today uh, is on a conference call with a uh, broker we were working with and uh, he revealed when I asked him how he was doing he's from another state not California and he told me actually he has COVID and uh, but he was sort of in the tail end of it and uh, he you know like as you described you know no hospital life-threatening uh, type symptoms just um, you know very bad you know fever and, and sinus infection type symptoms and so um, you know at least around his sort of co-workers and other people it's kind of become almost normal now that's that more and more people are, are, are getting it. So it's definitely, you know, a few months back, there weren't that many people I knew who had COVID. And now it's it's definitely I'm starting to see a trend of more people. Um, even my son, anecdotally, he he works part time at a property management firm and couldn't go to work the other day because uh, there was like someone else, someone got COVID at the office and they had to implement like we do in our assets, COVID protocol and test everyone and shut down the office for cleaning and all that. And so it definitely feels on a personal level that there's, there's definitely more cases out there. Uh, economically, I think I, I, I was seeing some news reports and articles, you know, definitely the trend continues. The urban areas continue to be um, suffering some issues on the rental markets. Um, interesting statistic, uh, Manhattan, uh, as of September, um, there's 16,000 empty rental apartments. And I talk about Manhattan because I'm a, I'm a New York guy. I'm from New York. So I always think about New York City and, uh, you know, the Big Apple. And so 16,000 empty rental apartments, which represents 
5.75% of total apartment inventory in Manhattan, and it's the highest vacancy rate that they've had in Manhattan for over 15 years. So that's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. I've seen some. I've seen some really interesting stuff coming out of Manhattan, where you know rents are significantly down, and you know there is just a you know I don't know. It's it's very interesting because like we've seen this before. You know, nine eleven recession, Great Recession in previous years, where where people just flee Manhattan, and then you know it, it sort of just comes back somehow. And, and I think this is probably the same. It feels very similar. Um, but it's hard to say to some degree because you just have this new phenomenon of being able to work from home. I mean, just look at our own situation to some on some level. We're like debating where we're going to, you know, our office leases up in, a, in another year or so. And, and as we look at the world, you know, I think we have a nice size office and, and it's, you know, we keep everyone in, in a good sized place and there's more than enough room to kind of move around and be, you know, have conversation. But do we need that much space in a year? Do we, are we going to utilize that much space in a year or two years? Like, I, I'm not really, I'm not hundred percent sure about that anymore. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see the changes as, you know, more and more people get vac- vaccinated over the next few months and, and life, you know, starts to become a little bit more normal. I think Fauci said he thought, you know, the, you know, people who don't uh, are in an endangered uh, conditions, you know, uh, have, have any underlying conditions, those people will start to be able to get the vaccine in April. And so he, he thinks by summer, there'll be some sort of a return to normalcy. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how like office buildings and, and like you said, the work, you know, work at home, work remotely, how that kind of, uh, you know, is impacted. Results yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, the impact of that. I mean, and you also, I think you also see as a vaccine, because now I, I, you know, we have friends that are doctors and they're starting to get, you know, um, time reserved to go get the vaccine. And, you know, I know a couple that are getting it this month. So you can, I think you'll see like the net effect of people getting vaccines and become a very normalized thing to the point where it'll be interesting to though, to see how their behavior changes. You know, are they going to be, you know, Hey, let me jump on a plane. Let me go here. Let me go do whatever they would have done previously. Or have they now kind of like permanently been changed? Are they going to wear masks? Are they going to, uh, you know, so naturally social distance. Like, is that going to be a natural thing for people? Yeah. I think well, one thing I heard is, definitely that, that the change will come is people will wash their hands more, which I think is a yeah, good thing. <laughs> anyway, probably net positive. I know I have. Too. I know I've washed my hands far more than I, this year than maybe, you know, ever before. So uh, I'm definitely washing my hands much more, you know, yeah, and I and I agree. Manhattan, you know, I, I you know, having come from Manhattan, um, I I think it will will turn turn around uh, eventually. And and I, that's why also in some ways I think it's it's for multiple reasons why they actually have a media event and have a New York person. I, I think in the beginning, you know, New York was hit hard with a lot of deaths, and and they created a lot of fear. And again, as we've talked about in past podcasts, it's 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 the fear that that really led to stalling, and 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 not and the uncertainty. And so now sort of like uh, there's this hope. In fact, I think I saw something in New York Times, they call it like, you know, the first the sign of uh, a, a shot of hope or something was the phrase. And so they. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, so they're, they're really pushing it. And I think it's it's to kind of instill the calmness, um, you, you know, to, to, to kind of get us out of this dark period that night 2020 was or uncertain period, really. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how I. Uh we're going to see this real confluence of events in 2021 and you know you're going to see lots of 
you know, see people getting vaccinated, you continue to see cases. And, and, and I think we've mentioned this last pod. I, I don't know when you're going to stop seeing this daily case number in wherever you live or in the United States. And I think that, that continues for a while. Like, I mean, that, that feels like that's there for, because it's such a news making event and it's on people's minds and it's, it's happening. And I think, you know, that, that could really continue for a year or longer, well past where, you know, vaccines are readily available and they're given to, you know, a majority of the public. Yeah. I think, I think it will continue. I think like just even in office buildings, I think some of the protocol will continue, obviously the cleaning will yeah. continue too. And I think the, you know, it's like, you know, an office building, you know, only three or four people in an elevator at a time and they have the little X marks the spot where you're supposed to stand in an elevator. If, if, for those of you who, who, who they haven't been working in an office building, um, and I'm sure some of those capacity restrictions and things, I think those things will, will still continue. Just continue. Yeah. yeah. It'll be just the safer practices. Um, what's interesting too, is I saw an interesting article too, something you talked about last time also was about the Super Bowl, And uh, they talked about that's only a couple of months away and you know, they were, days. Yeah, how, how many people will actually be in attendance and yeah. how many will, will the NFL allow? And uh, the, the Roger Goodell, the commissioner still hadn't decided. Um, you know, he said he's watching this vaccination and watching the, you know, see, you know, it's like you said, it's the seesaw. You got the twin effects on the one hand, you got these huge rise in infections. On the other hand, now, now you're going to start having this rise of a population of people getting, getting vaccinated. And so uh, it'll be, you know, interesting to see what the end result is. Um, I also think on the other side too, you know, what I'm excited about mm. this week is, you know, sort of the hope side again, we just talking about hope. There's finally, I think, interestingly enough, two stimulus proposals out there yeah. that Congress proposed. And what's interesting, and in, there, there's one proposal which they think most will probably pass. And then there's the other proposal, which probably will fail, which has the most controversial uh, you know, provisions in them at, as vis-a-vis Democrats versus Republicans. Um, but the, the, the proposal, the bill portion that will pass, they think what's interesting is, is, and at least for us in the real estate industry, there are two, two things in there I thought was interesting that it will impact us. One was um, they think they will extend the uh, moratorium on evictions through uh, January 31 on, on a federal level. Uh, but on the other hand, to sort of balance that, there's also $25 billion of emergency rental assistance dollars that are out hmm. and, uh, and some other things of, you know, forbearance on student loans and extension of the paycheck protection program. And more importantly, they're, they're extending the unemployment benefits um, drew to, to the end of April. And so I think oh, that will help a lot if, if that passes. So, so Friday yeah. will be interesting. And I'm, you know, being in the real estate industry, you know, we've got a lot of workforce housing workers, a lot of our tenants have been impacted by COVID. I think that kind of federal assistance will be helpful um, at many levels. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I mean, December, January, those can be just challenging months as it is because you have, you know, this com- this net effect of um, some slowdown in work, but, but you just have a lot more expenses because you tend to buy gifts at those times of year and you tend to stretch a little bit to buy those gifts and in a year like this, you know, where you, maybe things aren't going that great or you less, you know, things less joy overall that you might see more stretching than ever before. And so, you know, a lot of our workforce housing, those folks that December, January can be kind of tough collection months because they're just stretched. So, um, all right, well, this week we got something new. We, we have gotten, uh, we've put together a few questions that we've gotten from, 
different listeners over the last few weeks. And I think we have two that kind of stood out to us. And so, Bree Winkler, you want to give us the first one? Of course. So the first question we have is from Melissa in Ohio. She wants to know if you have any tips for those traveling for business during the current COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I'll jump on this one and then David, please add your thoughts. My tips would be, you know, air travel is actually fairly safe. I've done it a bunch. I mean, I've done probably a dozen trips. Um, it, the air is recycled. I, I've heard, you know, I've heard from different people, pilots and whatnot, that like the, the cases of actual contraction of the virus while the air are like, re- I mean, basically remote. Like I've heard very small numbers, like a few cases over millions of flights. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, you know, you want to wear masks. You want to be, you know, make sure if you can get, you know, get some space between you and the passenger. So like Delta and Southwest were having middle seats open. I know David was a big proponent of that. Um, but the, the other thing I would say is actually the hidden area, I think, of contraction is actually when you're waiting for that flight and you have these kind of like, especially Southwest where, you know, it's kind of a, it's a dog fight to get on the flight to sort of like, it's, it's just everyone's kind of rushing into the flight that you have um, these sort of, you know, you haven't really been in a crowd in months and then suddenly you're all trying to get on the same flight. You're standing in a, you know, either a terminal or you're standing in the jet bridge and, and then you're all getting on the flight together. And I think that actually, while and and the air the the airplane's um, air filtering system hasn't been turned on yet because the plane's still on the ground, and so I think that is actually one of the really actually kind of you got to be really careful right there. So that's probably one where if you can like you know board later or you know figure out a way to do it so you're a little more distance. That I think that's a key point right there. David, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I when I've been flying, I I try to maintain a little bit of a social distance, and I try to, you know, uh, get online. You know, uh, you know, not when the yeah you know, everyone's sort of rushing. Southwest does have because I fly that a lot. They do have a, uh, you know, the, the, it used to be you know you know passengers line up. You know, by passenger they give they assign everyone a number, and it's like a one to right. thirty. And so now they don't go like a one to thirty. It's like a one to like 15 or something they they, they make right. they kind of spread it out um but yeah i would definitely do that but you're definitely still standing mess. there you're still standing there. I, agree. I agree i try to i try to hang out you know not in those crowded areas to sort of the in crowded areas i kind of keep my ears open to when they call my my uh, number and then you can just I, rush up there and then i rush up there yeah because <laughs> usually i'm in that uh, usually i'm either in that a group or or because i'm a freaking flyer i they're in between a and b they do one sort of separate call for the uh uh oh. we're called a a premier class whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> so i slip in that, it, it, that and, and, in and like military or whatever and so so we yeah. slip, i slip into that because that's usually not that many people and then uh you know definitely wear the mask i i you know on the plane i you know and, and just also you go to the bathroom or stores or whatever you're doing in between while you're waiting for a flight you know i i like to you know, carry my little pack of antibacterial wipes. And I think you just, you know, just good habit, clean yourself, you know, clean your hands. Yeah. So um, before and after you get on the plane too. So I, I think, I don't know if that, that actually has prevented me from catching anything, but at least I feel, I feel better <laughs> doing that. Yeah. There's a little more therapy in that. Um, and I think you had one more, Brie. Yes. So then we have Sean from Texas. Um, where do you see the multifamily market headed in 2021? 
Okay, I'll, I'll give a quick 30 seconds. And I know David will have something here too. Um, so I think multifamily has been you know, remarkably strong, not only on the occupancy and for the most part, uh, collection side throughout 2020. And I think that looks even more favorable for 21. I think the really interesting thing that's happened in multifamily, and this is what's difficult for a lot of people to kind of, like, I think it's not hard to understand, but it's hard to get your head around a little bit, is that the capitalization rate in 2019 was actually higher than 2020. And so people are looking at it and saying, how during a pandemic do you have capitalization rates compressing, going even lower? And the reality is they're going lower because there's, a, there's an overall effect happening across the board where you, people are looking for anywhere they can get any sort of yield. So yield meaning they can get a return on their money and a safe return on their money. So you're, you're not willing to play the volatility of a stock market. You're saying, okay, I'm going to buy a bond or I'm going to buy a, a you know, certificate of deposit, CD, or I'm going to get a you know, I'm going to buy something that has mortgage-backed securities, like multifamily. And so that overall rate is actually lowered, bringing the cap rate with it. And so for, for 2021, when all these things start actually coming together and the seesaw effect starts balancing itself out and maybe even going to a positive, you have vaccines, you have people, you know, getting back to work, you have just a lot of positives and pent-up demand, you might see multifamily even go you know stronger next year because you're gonna you're gonna have a lot less of these kind of you know um eviction moratoriums and other things that are pulling you know holding things down and keeping investor sentiment sort of at bay david what are your thoughts that was you know, i i i think 2021 will be a strong year for apartments i i think if anything what the p- pandemic has shown is the resiliency of apartments as an investment class and as, as you mentioned, it, and historically, it's always been one of the favorite sort of asset food groups, we call it, um, that conservative investors like pensions and institutions like to invest in because it, it, there's a diver- diversification there because it's not like an office building or a shopping center where you've got one or two major tenants that, that could really impact um, your overall revenue and cash flow from the asset. You, you've got multiple <laughs> tenants, uh, you know, like in our case, hundreds, hundreds of units. And so there's a there's a safety in that diversification, and I think as the economy improves and and you know people get vaccinated and, and employment starts to come back, I think that that uh, strength in that asset will continue to be stronger, if anything. And so well, I, 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 agree. I think you make a great point on you know retail and office because one of the other things that's happened there that those are obviously extremely tenant dependent assets, but the end consumer, whether it be an office worker or a, be a retail consumer, that is also extremely shifted through this pandemic, right? Where we have just thrones of, the, of like the people just not going to office buildings and people deciding I'm not going to go shop at, you know, Zara or the grocery, I'm just going to get all delivered. So that end user is completely switched off that real estate almost. Correct. Whereas multi is like, you know, you got to live somewhere sort of, right? I mean, until they figure out a way to, you know, yeah, and we're, know, put apartments on the moon or yeah, something. That's, you, and, you with, and, and with you know, on this younger generation, they want to live in apartments. They don't want to go buy their single-family homes, so, or they can't afford the down payment. Yeah, and then it's that, there's the affordability issue. So I do yeah. think in 2021, just to 
uh, make it summarize. I, I think it's it's going to be a good. It, it'll be a good investment to be in a. Partner. It'll be a strong year for for Mark. I mean, I, we you know I, I think this kind of leads into our our final numbers of the week. So I'll, I'll go first. I mean, you know, I was talking about it a couple episodes ago that you know we were uh, marketing a deal and, and that deal was starting to get offers. And so just to kind of update my number, you know, we had a deal marketed back in June, came to August, and we had ten offers, but only one had toured. Um, so my number of the week is actually 18 and that for our deal that we're, we're on the market with right now, we've had 18 offers and 30 tours. So it just shows you how much pent up demand and how much interest there is in B market rate apartments. This is a Dallas deal. So, you know, that, that shows you that 18 is like a very strong, healthy number of offers to get. And I would say out of that 18, there were legitimately 12 that were, you know, formidable and that, we, you know, we'll, we'll sort through to figure out who we're going to kind of get into a, a final round, but it's a very strong, uh, healthy number to, to get offers on. So 18 is my number, David. Uh, my number is actually, it's a, it's one number, but it's a lot of examples. And uh, again, I'm going to use the shot shot of hope theme, uh, which is my number is one first. And, and I guess this is the first time we've ever had a vaccine developed in less than a year which is uh, you know, yep. most vaccines take multiple years. It's remarkable. And, remarkable. And as a result, just to give you, draw out some related numbers, you know, California is going to supposed to have uh, 375,000 doses of the, of the vaccine in, in, in 2020 alone. And then, excuse me, uh, in, in this month alone, and then uh, a few million uh, over the next few months. Um, the other thing I thought would be fun is some other interesting first to kind of, give a little perspective as we head towards the end of the year um you know a couple of first you know gold t- pricing over two thousand dollars an ounce i think part of that driven this year by by the pandemic and the fears yep. um louis vuitton also developed the first <laughs> face shield or louis vuitton how much is that 961 dollars <laughs> so that was it i hope that's on the christmas yeah, list. christmas list then the other thing yeah. not on the christmas list but in 2023 you can get it uh, Japanese uh, developed tech company d- developed the first uh, the test tested their first flying car that flew for four oh. minutes. So oh. that was another first. Um, and then the other interesting uh, first, I think, is uh, the uh, the uh, you know uh, dinosaur. We found the first dinosaur bone that that we discovered a dinosaur who lived seventy six million years ago had cancer. <laughs> so, oh wow. So the breakthroughs, for a long yeah, time, breakthroughs of medicine to uh, yeah. figure that out. Findings and breakthroughs, for yeah. sure. All right. Well, good stuff, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, hearing our episode 18. Thank you. And please do continue to send those questions to pod at goodlifehp.com and also find us on social media. Uh, David, parting words? Uh, stay, stay safe, everyone, again. And, and if you are in that first group class of uh, – Frontline workers, and hospital workers, or, or seniors, get your get your vaccine shots. Very good. Thanks, everyone.